this is the Flavor of Leadership podcast. I am your host, Clint Hoops. Together, we explore the unique blend of leadership wisdom that helps top leaders consistently achieve work goals, develop personally, and find fulfillment with family. Let's get started. This is episode number 12. Today, we're going to be talking about something that's been on my mind quite a bit lately, and that's the importance of following true leadership principles and and how they can impact our rate of success. You know, it actually reminds me of an experience from this holiday season that that just passed. You know, during the holidays, one of my most favorite things is is truly experiencing all of the different food that comes with the holidays. And I I know I have a ton of traditions from from my family and my wife has traditions in their family and and I love experiencing food traditions from other people's families as well. And one of the traditions that are in our family, my wife's family specifically, is making a special fudge. And this special fudge is my wife's most favorite treat of the Christmas season, and that is divinity fudge. Now, some of you are probably envisioning in your mind these little white dollops on a plate that you may have had in the past that go by the name divinity. Now, I'll tell you, this is not that divinity. This is different. I actually don't really like that kind of divinity. So sorry for all of you that love divinity out there. Not my most favorite thing, but but this divinity fudge, it's more of a fudge. And man, I love it. It actually looks like divinity once it's on a plate. It kind of looks like a little dollop there on the plate, but it tastes like fudge because it, it truly is. It is amazing. And my my wife loves it. Her families love it. And, and it's so fun. So I have always had this vision from Christmas's past, including this last Christmas, where typically it's some combination, right, of my wife, uh, her mom, her sister, or others that are there. And, you know, they're in the kitchen, and they're sitting around, and they're looking at Aunt Grace's Divinity Fudge recipe, right? And like many older recipes, this one has been passed down into the family, and it has a list of ingredients and very vague written instructions, right? (laughs) Because the details on these kind of recipes were typically taught in person, right? They were taught in person so they could get the nuances correct. So they were shown how to make the recipe. And so this recipe is one where, you know, over the years, there have been a few of those little nuances that have kind of been lost. And so we have the recipe with all of the ingredients, but once again, not very good instructions. So what does that mean? Well, that means that that over the years, they will often make this fudge, have the ingredients mixed up. They'll do everything the best, best as they can, get the fudge to you know the softball stage, make sure it's the right temperature, cool it, and then they'll commence beating the fudge so that it, you know, it whips up into fudge. And man, when the fudge turns out, it is amazing. And about two-thirds of the time, it does turn out, but you know, a third of the time or maybe even more, it doesn't work. It crystallizes or it doesn't quite come together like it should. And, you know, they've tried finding different divinity fudge recipes in the past, you know, looking online, asking around and, and really most of the time you can find things that, you know, maybe called that, but it's not quite the same. And, 
And we could never quite find a recipe where we could get the directions to help figure out what we are doing wrong. There were all types of, uh, you know, speculation that would happen. So, uh, you know, people would would guess and they would say, well, gosh, you know, on on this day, you know, it was it was rainy and or cloudy and and it just didn't work out that day. So we probably shouldn't do it on a rainy or cloudy day or, or man, it always seems to turn out when we do it in that particular pan, but you know, in this other pan, maybe not so much. So man, we got to make sure we're always using this same pan or maybe there are other different things like that. And, and we just kind of speculate and be like, Hey, maybe we, you know, did something when it was cooling and, and da, 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 da. And, you know, so you start speculating and, and in the end it was, it was kind of all guesses. And so when it would turn out poorly, it was a guess to know why. And when it turned out great, also a guess. We didn't quite know why it would turn out well. So this year, we started searching a little bit more to see, okay, can we find some better directions? And we and we found a website that actually shared more specific tips on making uh, different types of fudge. And there was a recipe that was pretty similar to Aunt Grace's divinity fudge recipe. So we went ahead and and took some of their tips and said, okay, this this makes sense. There were two tips in particular that were different than things we had done in the past. And we thought, you know what? What do we have to lose at this point, right? So my wife, uh, her her sister and her mother went ahead and said, okay, let's let's make this. And we decided to follow these these tips. So first one, it said don't stir the fudge while it's heating. So wait for it to you know, for the sugar to combine and then don't stir anymore. We're like, okay, well, it's going to burn, but you know what? We're just going to do it. We're going to follow the directions. And we didn't. Second one is they said, once you have it cool, they said, let it cool down to a certain temperature, but don't let it cool all the way. And we'd always let it cool all the way. So, okay. So we're going to beat it before it cools all the way. Very specific temperatures. We had a, had a thermometer and they're measuring it. And I'll tell you, it was absolutely amazing. Those two things are the only things that changed. And in the end, the fudge turned out amazing. It was more creamy than ever. It looked beautiful. It was perfect. And the only difference was a couple of these, these little principles that we learned that made all the difference in the world. Almost to the point where it almost starts to make you feel foolish sometimes. It's like, man, how did we not recognize this before or see this before? But really, sometimes the most simple thing in front of our eyes is the thing that will make all the difference. And it's so hard to see. So hard to see. You know, with this podcast being called The Flavor of Leadership and, you know, the fact that I that I love food, you know, it really did seem like it was time that I finally shared a recipe on this podcast. So before we go any farther and talk about, you know, why I even share this story. I wanted to let you know, I did get permission from the family here to, to share Aunt Grace's Divinity Fudge recipe with you. So in the show notes, I have the recipe for you, as well as updated directions with the new things that we discovered so that you too can make this fudge. So enjoy. Give it a try. I think you'll love it. So why share this story about this fudge? You know, just like I said, the name of the podcast is Flavor of Leadership, and that is because I truly believe that everyone has their own flavor or style to accomplish their goals when leading. So leadership, though, really is just like 
cooking and that there are principles that you must follow if you want to get consistent results, right? In the kitchen, you know, my wife was continually frustrated by this fudge until she was able to to find out some of these principles. And, you know, it wouldn't turn out the way she had planned. And it was purely because some of these true principles weren't being followed. You know, cooking, there are sometimes things like cook time, temperature, salt. And if those things are off, it will ruin whatever you're cooking. And so in leadership, same thing. If you don't follow certain principles, you will get intermittent results. And sometimes even consistently bad results. And you won't know why. You won't know know why you succeeded and you also won't not know why you failed. And we want to change that. That's truly the purpose of, of this whole podcast, in fact. And that's what our past episodes have been about and what our future episodes will be about as well. Discovering these principles together and then seeking to improve so that we can know why we're having success or failure and seek to have more success. So the thing with leadership is that there's a lot of tacit knowledge in leadership. And if you're not familiar with the term tacit knowledge, I'm going to explain for a minute. Tacit knowledge is knowledge that is difficult to pass on. And it's often hard to explain. So it's it's that knowledge that's, once again, difficult to pass on, hard to explain. So things that fall into this category often, music has a lot of tacit knowledge where you just have to be shown. And so you can learn so much in a book or by listening to someone, but you just have to do it and have someone show you. It's, it's difficult. Same with different types of art, language, also leadership all fall into these areas where they have a lot of tacit knowledge, difficult to pass on. So just like the the fudge example above, you know, Aunt Grace, she knew what she was doing. She had tacit knowledge and was able to replicate her results. And sometimes that was hard to pass on. You know, it almost becomes a gut feel at times. And so in leadership, this also applies. That's why there are so many books on leadership that have been written. These leaders want so bad to be able to share with all of us the things they've learned, where they failed. They don't want us to mess up like they did. They want us to learn and improve upon the successes that they had. And so so they're wanting to share these things, but they're things that are hard to share. So hopefully we can read and learn and improve, but in the end, we're going to have to apply the things we learn figure out where we mess up, and then go back and improve. Because this type of knowledge is tough. It's difficult to explain, difficult to learn, and it takes practice. You know, any skill that we want to develop does take study and practice, right? Whether you want to be the best basketball player, you want to be the best piano performer or or leader, it all takes practice and repetition of the right things. Vince Lombardi once said that practice does not make perfect. Only perfect practice makes perfect. I remember hearing that back when I had, you know, I, I played a lot of sports growing up, also played the piano and some other instruments. And, and I remember hearing that quote, and I remember thinking, gosh, I am far from perfect <laughs> in my practice. What does this even mean? 
And, and I began to realize that it's not so much that your practice is, in fact, perfect. It's that striving to be perfect. So what I believe it means is, is that when you make a mistake, you don't let the mistake pass. You don't give yourself a pass and just say, oh, that's okay. Mediocre is good enough, right? We have to use when we make mistakes or errors, we have to use those as an opportunity to work toward becoming consistently better. So that's perfect practice. It's not giving yourself a pass when you mess up. It's recognizing, internalizing, and course correcting, and doing again, over and over again, better and better every single time. You know, if we allow ourselves to practice bad habits, they will continue until they become harder and harder to reverse, until the bad habit becomes the way that we do it, instead of that perfect practice that Vince Lombardi told us to strive for. So how do we practice becoming a great leader, right? It seems so much easier in sports or in music or in whatever it might be to to know how to practice, but how do we practice as a leader? It doesn't mean that we try out all these different principles on people, so to speak, but we, but there are things that we can do. We talk, we've been talking about principles a lot today and true principles. And these true principles, as we learn them and hold ourselves to a high and consistent standard of excellence, that's what happens. We know so many of the things to do. We do have some of that gut feel, right? The longer you're a leader, the more you have those those kind of gut feel reactions where you know what to do. You know what the next step needs to be most often. So doing those things and consistently checking yourself against who you want to become, the leader you want to become, and making sure your actions match up with that, that is how we practice becoming a better leader. You know, it's been said that we don't grow when we are in our comfort zone. You know, so I know when I'm in my comfort zone, it's it's easy. You know, it's easy to just keep going forward. And so as we're striving for perfection in our leadership roles, we can't get complacent. It's easy to get complacent sometimes, to not try and, and challenge ourselves. And so becoming complacent in our roles will often result in mediocre results. And I don't know about you, but I do not want to be mediocre. And I'm confident that you don't want to be either. So together, let's learn these principles. Let's discover them and let's seek to instill them in our lives and in our leadership lives so that we can be consistently great leaders. You got this. See you next week. Thanks for joining me on this week's episode of the Flavor of Leadership podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at flavoroflearership.com. Thanks for listening.